Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy. This Black Friday, Storyteller Academy is hosting a picture book boot camp, with 100% of the proceeds being donated to the charities We Need Diverse Books and First Book. Faculty includes Vanessa Brantley-Newton, Jim Averbach, Janny Ho, Melissa Manlove, and more. And all for just $20. Don't miss out. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. And from Gallery Nucleus, an art gallery and bookstore where you can find prints, books, and other gifts from some of your favorite children's book illustrators, like John Clausen, Christian Robinson, and more. Gallery Nucleus is offering listeners 15% off your next purchase by entering in the promo code WONDER18. Visit GalleryNucleus.com to discover more, or click on the Gallery Nucleus banner at MatthewCWinner.com slash podcast. Probably so it's, it's been four years. Yeah, that makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, 2014. Because you were definitely okay. like beginning year of the podcast kind of thing. I was I was so yep. new. I was so yep. new and young then, Lauren. I've learned so much since we've last talked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've listened probably uh, a good hundred um, interviews of yours yes. since then, right? Let's be still. Let's get lost in our minds, dreaming, imagining who we might be when we grow up. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 472. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Lauren Castillo, illustrator of Imagine by Juan Felipe Herrera, a picture book adaptation of the poem Juan wrote and shared at the Library of Congress in his inaugural reading as the 21st Poet Laureate of the United States of America. Lauren's work on this picture book is beautiful and it adds a rhythm to the poetic story that moves readers along with each sentiment, each memory. Please welcome my guest, Lauren Castillo, illustrator of Imagine. Welcome back to the podcast, Lauren Castillo. It's so nice to talk to you again. Thank you, Matthew. Thanks so much for having me back. 
You went off and won a Caldecott honor. You've done lots <laughs> of things since we've last talked. But maybe most significant for me is that you're back on the East Coast again. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yay and and boo. <laughs> because, yeah, well, you know, I could be in the horrific uh, L.A smoky air right now which my brother is experiencing out there with all the fires that are going on um but yeah last time we spoke was we just we were just chatting about it off air and i think it was exactly four years ago because i want to say it was the fall of 2014 so um so yeah four years ago which is crazy to think it was that long but yeah at that point i had left new york i had um moved to maryland for a short while which is where we met up at a Barnes and Noble <laughs> and actually met face to face. Right. And then I moved out to the West coast for about a little under a year. And then I ended up in Pennsylvania, which is where I have been for uh, about three years now. So, yeah. And life is okay in Pennsylvania. Life is great. Yeah. I great. actually like purchased a home for the first time. So I'm pretty committed to Pennsylvania for, for the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you put that. And congratulations on purchasing a home. Oh, hey, for, thank you. For those of you that don't know you as like a PA resident or a, 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 a frequenter of Barnes & Noble, could you please introduce yourself, oh, Lauren, yes. to those that might not know your, your um, name? Yeah, my name is Lauren Castillo. I am a, a picture book author and illustrator um, and soon to be... Um, a author and illustrator of a chapter book. So, so that's Whoa. Yeah, a little new, new genre there. Well, congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. You've got that you. The reason why we're brought together tonight to talk, I mean, it's been, we've stayed connected online, which is the nice thing about Twitter and, and all that. But we, you know, are brought together over this, this gorgeous picture book, Lauren. I mean, gorgeous, both because of, the poem that makes up the text and also because of this art that you that you've that you've um have done so beautifully on i think that imagine is just an exceptional work and i'm i'm glad that i'm glad that you got your touch on it because it's cool oh thank you yeah definitely a dream project lauren i saw these sketches i remember you doing not when we met but i remember seeing stuff like on I don't know, Instagram or something. I just felt when I saw this, I was like, oh, I know. I know what this is. Um, <laughs> and that was neat. I had the experience with, with this and um, with the book uh, of, um, of of Charlotte's Web with the, the biography oh, yeah. that you worked on. Oh, yeah, A Boy, on. A Mouse, and a Spider. Yeah, yeah Boy, this... and the Mouse, and a Spider. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think for those, for the last couple books, I've been showing a little bit more process on on Instagram. So that's been fun for me, uh, like probably that. mostly <laughs> to, to kind of keep track of, of uh, my process as I'm working on the book. So um, yeah, definitely share I, different stages. I think it's fun for us too. In fact, I yeah. think if I'm, if, if I, if I even go back far enough, I think that I'm remembering that, that you once hung up on like a clothesline in a room, the art for Yard sale? Is that possibly true? Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember that because of the the image of it, just picturing that's the real art, and it's just hanging there. And also look what a picture book looks like laid out. Uh, right, it really left an line. impression on me, yeah. 
Yeah, I think maybe that was the first book when I started hanging my art on the laundry line, as I like to call it, or my art laundry line. Um, yeah, so now in my studio in Pennsylvania, I, ha- I sh- actually share a studio outside of my apartment or home um, for the first time ever. Um, I think it was last year, Jonathan Bean, who's an author and a il- uh, book yeah. author illustrator, and I um, got a space together um, in like a sort of like an artist collective building um, right in Midtown Harrisburg. So so we share a space there, which is really nice because we can both, you know, have a separation of home and, and work now. Um, but in this in that space, I on my side, I have the laundry line hung up. Um, so the, the lines hung up so that I can hang my art as I'm working on on my books. And it's nice because I can see the progress I'm making, but I can also, you know, let my art dry and, you know, work on a, a piece for a little bit and then put it aside and then come back to it later. So it's, it's helpful for me, um, for sure. Also, it's kind of nice cause it's like, you know, wall decoration yeah. <laughs> in a way. How, so. how is it, how does it feel to, uh, in that way, go to work as well to have sort of a separation of your, a more clearly defined separation of your home space and your workspace for that oh. specifically. Is that, does that find you find that's helpful? Yeah, life changing for Is sure. It? Because uh. um, I think as the years went on, because because for about ten years I was working mostly out of apartments that I lived in, because I lived in New York for for majority of that time, and so you know I didn't have the financial means to get a studio space outside of my apartment. So um, you know you would turn any space into your workspace that was available, and um, and I think that just started to wear on me after a while. Um, you know no matter where I turned, I would see the work. So I was never kind of letting it be for, you know, any period of time. And I think that got to be really unhealthy for me because I didn't really have a break from my, from my work. So, um, so now it's really nice cause I can, and I feel like I'm more productive too. Cause like if I'm going to be at the studio for say four hours, I really go to the studio and focus for those four hours and then and then, you know, leave the work behind and then come back to it later or the next day and with fresh eyes. So, um, so yeah, it's been really a good thing for me. I like that you're almost giving space for your subconscious to do the work without access to the, the actual work. So it just has to sort of be worked on in your brain or be left hanging in your brain. The, Mm -hmm. the things unfinished or the problems, uh, not worked out yet. That, that is is a cool strategy. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's helped a lot to have that space because before it was easy to just not let a thing go, you know, you just keep working and working and working on that same piece. And (laughs) and it was easy for me to not have boundaries of like when I was going to end my work day. So sometimes, you know, well after dinner, um, and into the night I would be working, uh, which, you know, had its perks, um, for sure. But I, I have to say, I like the more nine to five structure. So <laughs> well, it's worked for me. It's, I'm glad it's working for you. <laughs> I want to, um, turn our attention to this, this new picture book that you have in September. Uh, the, 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 the latest work Imagine came out that Juan Felipe Herrera, um, poet laureate um, wrote and, and you illustrated. Do you mind sharing a little bit about to you what this story is? I know I certainly have an awful lot that I want to reflect on, but I thought it would be nice to hear from you first. 
Sure. Um, well, uh, well, I always tell children, and I've been, I was on, on the road a lot this fall, um, bit on tour, and then you know different conferences sharing the book, and um, you know I tell kids and adults it's about dreaming and imagining who we might be as we grow, um, and and the book you know is extra special because um, Juan Felipe uh, actually wrote this um, poem. Uh, when he was uh, it, when he was named poet laureate of the United States of America, so from he was poet laureate from 2015 to 2017, um, and you know when he was I guess inaugurated, you would say yeah. uh, um, in 2015, um, he actually read this uh, as you know as his acceptance uh, part of his acceptance speech, I guess, and. Um, and so I'm still curious. And so basically the text, as you see it in the book, is almost exactly um, how he read it then, like very little changed, because I actually found a YouTube video um, of him reading the poem. And the only thing that changes is that there's a, the repetition of imagine at the end of every spread. Um, and that um, wasn't the case in the original poem. But otherwise, the words are exactly as they were uh you know, as he wrote them for that speech. And um, what I haven't been able to find out because Juan Felipe and I haven't actually done any events together yet um, is what, what I want to ask him is, did he approach um, the publishing house Candlewick uh, to turn this into a picture book or did they approach him? Because I'm just so curious how it, how it did end up turning into um, a picture book. Uh, but I think it works perfectly, you know, and it, um, it, it does. It works. It's, the structure of it is is brilliant in a lot of ways. I think that for whomever out there feels like poetry is just sort of words, you know, in broken lines, that that it it, it maybe doesn't feel as much uh, of of an expression of art. I feel like you can feel the master at work in this poem. Mm-hmm. There's just yes. there's a, yeah. a structural payoff that's beautiful that that we hope for in picture books as well with page turns with um uh the the um conclusion of the book servicing the start of the book moments like that that he he just pulls together so beautifully here Mm -hmm. so i i i I love knowing too that it's a bit of a mystery for you how this came to be but i'm glad that whomever wherever saw that its potential could be there and especially with with the right artist with you um that it could it could really connect with with young children um i'm wondering if if you would mind if i read a little bit of the text because i'm realizing it might be hard to understand what we're referring to to those that might not have read it yet oh yeah please i love i'd love you to read it i'm gonna read up until the the first um sort of full payout of the of of the the last line uh it goes like this put it on my lap okay if i picked chamomile flowers as a child in the windy fields and whispered to their fuzzy faces imagine if i let tadpoles swim across my hands in the wavy creek imagine If I jumped high 
into my pappy's army truck and left our village of farm workers and waved adios to my amiguitos. Imagine if I let the stars at night paint my blanket with milky light with shapes of hungry birds while I slept outside. Imagine what you could do. Hmm. The I I I Okay, so th- it doesn't often happen, Lauren, that I carry a single question with me all the way up to an interview. But <laughs> I have been thinking ever since you and I planned to talk about this book, gosh, what like months ago. Ever since yeah. then, I have carried this one question with me, which is had you heard this poem I I guess what did you know of this before being approached by it did you get to read this poem cold um yep I yeah it was sent to me just as a man you know as any picture book manuscript would be uh and uh you know I quickly jumped online to to find out a little bit more um because I knew Juan Felipe Herrera uh you know, I knew his name, I knew of him, but I, I, I didn't know, um, you know, the history behind the poem. Um, I didn't know that actually for a while, you know, I had accepted the project, um, long before I knew that this was something that he wrote for the, for, um, his, as his part of his acceptance for, as poet laureate. Um, yes, and, people but, would, but when I, people sorry. would know this, no, 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 I don't mean to jump on you, but, but, yeah. but that idea that, There have been thousands of people, those that have heard the speech, have watched the speech on YouTube. There are a lot of people that this poem would be familiar, whether they would remember that it directly was the speech or not. It's not, the book is entitled, Imagine Juan Felipe Herrera's Inauguration Speech to be Poet Laureate of the, of America. It's not, it's not labeled as such. So it, it gets to exist the way that, that you first experienced it as well. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I read it, it it was just so beautiful. Um, so, I mean, I'm, you know, I love poetry in general and then, you know, I just visualized it from the get go. And so I knew that it was a project that I definitely wanted to illustrate. So, um, yeah, I was, I just felt fortunate and, you know, working with Candlewick, who's a publishing house that I absolutely love working with in the past. So, so yeah, every, everything kind of came together nicely. <laughs> um, I, and then I, I had to wait a little bit to, cause I, I believe we signed this up back in probably 2015. So, oh, wow. um, just, you know, I knew that it was on, it's, it was like a, you know, I'm on my list of projects to work on, but I couldn't work on it right away. And that's always so hard when I have to wait. <laughs> so you read uh, the poem and then wait, Lauren, it's not time yet. You have to right, do the exactly. other work first. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This would have been too, you would have been signing the contract on it after the Caldecott honor then, right? It was, it was that year. Yes. That's, what a yep. year. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, so wait, though, <laughs> yeah. before we're going to talk a ton about your art, we need to talk a ton about your art. Your, I, I love, this is some of the most beautiful work you've ever done. I think Thank I, you. and I've, this is coming from, this is coming from a person that knows your body of work. 
and I've no. looked closely at your body of work because since that moment in Barnes and Noble, when we met Lauren, I have loved your work and I have continued to love your work. And, Thank you so much. And to see, to experience. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to reveal myself. I experienced this poem and up to that line that I read, I was following arts, words, art, words. That line though, it, it, it destroyed me. It just made me, I didn't realize going into this that while this text feels like it's talking to a child, imagine what it might be like to do this. Imagine what it might be like to wash your hands in the, in the water with all the tadpoles around you. I was just thinking like, Oh, imagine what it's like to be a child. How cute. (laughs) And then to have that line while I did this, imagine what you could do. It, mm-hmm. To have that awaken my senses and go, wait a second, this person is telling their story and saying, you think what I did was special. Imagine how special your story is. For someone who is as widely recognized and revered as Juan is, to have, to have him speaking in this format specifically to a child and saying all that my life has done and you illustrate him at you know at his later into adulthood when he was named the the poet laureate Mm -hmm. to see how he has aged from child to to this this man this accomplished man and all the while to have that message i'm not going to be able to articulate it to have that message (laughs) you imagine what you could imagine the potential in you lauren i i i couldn't i i was just i i it was somebody that sees i know you see readers i know you do um Mm -hmm. to, to hear that text um not fake it to hear how sincere that that he he understands who he's speaking to in that speech and in this format those words still carry that power, the power that he strung together um, in that poem. It's yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Very powerful poem. Yep. I, I, yeah. can, I can imagine uh, the, the great care that, um, that, that you were taking with this. Um, I know you said you were excited about doing it, but um, I don't know. It gave me like goosebumps thinking, oh my word, now Lauren has to finish the rest of this poem. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> no pressure. Um, yeah, you know, this, I just felt like for this, you know, I, I work slightly, slightly differently uh, for each project because, you know, each, you know, each story has a different way that I, I want to tell it with the, with the art. And so like, I do change up my materials a little bit, you know, and, um, probably most people wouldn't really notice it because the end products do, I guess, you know, look similar. But for this book, um, I felt like I, I wanted to do something a lot different than, than what I had done in the past. And so I had been getting into, I had been doing a lot of like kid art workshops um, where I was doing uh, foam printing. Yes. So like, like mono printing with foam um, basically. And um, I just felt like this was the perfect project to bring that technique into. And it kind of, 
it was just like a more of a fluid um, look to it. Um, you kind of have to be okay with any sort of accidents, you know, that happen um, with the art and like just kind of throw your hands up a little bit and, and not be so meticulous. Uh, and because I feel like, you know, any opportunity I get, I, I like to tighten and tighten my drawings and things. And, and this working that way with this printmaking technique um, brought a looseness to it that I, I felt would like be a nice um, match to the, to the text, especially because there was so much uh, landscape and nature um, that I had to depict. And, and so, you know, I did some tests and tried a few different techniques and ended up going with that foam printing technique. So um, I'm glad I did. I, I think it was the right decision. And um, I, I now want to do all my books that way because <laughs> I had so much fun with it. So uh, I'm sure I won't, but um but yeah, I, I think it worked out well that that I ended up trying out that that technique for for this project. So I think it's I think it's gorgeous. I think that the the hues that you've pulled out in these textures from overlaying these colors from the the just the different lines that foam makes. You're not painting with a brush, and so as you're saying, there's just there's there's just sort of these these things that happen, these marks that happen mm-hmm. that, that you can't repeat. Um, because it just, <laughs> no. there's no way to put the, I know you're telling me, <laughs> but there's just no way to lay it down the same way twice. And I, I, I'm sure I'm making all sorts of like page noises as I'm um, going back and forth, but to have that, the, the olives and, and like clay reds and, and greens um just just making up the the body the earth of this the footing the grounding of this um book and to have your 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 uh line work that beautiful ink work over top sometimes um going right over top of the ink beneath it and sometimes not i'm thinking of those chamomile flowers and how uh, sometimes they are the bright white just sticks and sometimes um, it gets a, a, a washed in sort of the 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 foliage, the, the the grass. That it's just so pretty. I I just can't. Clearly, clearly, I'm really articulate tonight talking to you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. It's beautiful though. <laughs> Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from the Highlights Foundation, hosting intimate and inspiring workshops for children's authors and illustrators. The Highlights Foundation offers more than 40 workshops each year for adults interested in writing and illustrating for children and young adult audiences. The workshops are held at their beautiful retreat center in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. You can also visit their campus for an unworkshop and have your own creative retreat with cozy, private lodging and three meals a day. Come alone or bring your critique group. You're sure to feel inspired. And from Viz Media. Viz is excited to announce that Pokemon Adventures, the most popular and longest-running Pokemon comic, is now available digitally. Visit viz.com Pokemon to read a free preview of the beloved All Ages series. That's viz.com slash Pokemon. I think part of what 
was successful about it for me was that like it just I just I just let myself play you know I, I kind of thought of myself as being in like that art class with the kids and just just let myself kind of have the freedom to play with because what I did was I, I did the backgrounds and the ink um, separate so actually I don't have like a final piece that's all the pieces combined if if you if that makes sense like I have a, a sheet that is the ink drawing and yeah. a sheet and a piece of paper that is the the landscape printing and I did combine it um, in Photoshop so so my final pieces that I sent off were were digital in the end because although like none of the pieces were created digitally they were just kind of combined digitally so um we have but that was the book is in but oh and the book right (laughs) i know what you mean though it's always that funny idea of like um what is it the society of illustrators the original art showcase where it's like Mm -hmm. but i I did the, if I showed you the original art, it'd be in two separate parts or it'd be right. in these different pieces. Or <laughs> because... sometimes like 20, you know, because yeah. some people collage a lot. They collage digitally. it. Yeah. Um, yep. it's, it's interesting the way that the medium works now, but I'm glad that because of that, you get, for example, the gorgeous spread with the chickens. <laughs> that was one that I, <laughs> Yeah, that I stared and stared at. I also loved, I have to tell you, just for me to nerd out, um, that I found in particular the way that you removed your line in, okay, on the spread where um, he's walking into the woods and the line reads, the stanza reads, if I walked through the evening forest at the top of a mountain with a silvery bucket to fetch water from the next town, imagine... And you have, as your eyes read from left to right, there's light um, on the trees, on his back, uh, in the sunset, um, going into this dense, dark woods. But also you lose the line as you go into that dense, dark woods. And the feeling, Mm -hmm. at least for me, is going into uncertainty, going away from the light going into a place that might be a little bit dangerous because we are talking about a kid going into the woods here. Um, there's, there's, there's something about the way you're using this medium that, that I think works really well there. And also that your line on the left-hand side of the page is sort of that of like crayon or chalk. It's, it's brighter and it, it almost reveals, uh, the texture of the, paper you were drawing on or I, I know what you and I know you know what I mean that it's mm-hmm. it's not a solid line but it, it has texture to it right a little yeah a rough kind of dotted yeah texture line yeah I appreciate Lauren that you let me talk like a non-artist about your art because I find that there's an awful lot that I that's so appealing to me that I don't quite have the language to communicate but I can tell you how strongly it it appeals to my senses as well as oh. to to my eyes and how it's serving the text. Well, I loved hearing your description. <laughs> it, it made complete sense to me. So, I um yeah. I think about the way you use because so much of this book incorporates uh, background and landscape. I think about 
what that means then when you give us white space, how it draws our eye. Like on the very next page from that forest, we see um, a a similar, a, a semi-symmetrical drawing, um, this time of Juan going to school. Uh, only mm. it's not going from light to dark, but instead where was where the page was dark from the forest is now white space that is the road leading to the school. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think about how I know that that's a choice, that every time that there's ink on the page or paint on the page or there's not, it's you making a choice. Uh, And that was something that I, I was very aware here. You're maybe where, what I'm trying to articulate maybe I at last found words is that where it, it felt truly like Juan was picking every single word to lay down in this poem. It too felt like every decision you made in the art was intentional. That as much as there were accidents that happen incidentally because of the materials you're working with, the result of the art, the way the art was positioned, all of that felt intentional. And for that, yeah. I commend you for your work because cause it's really exceptional. Well, thank you. Kind of controlled chaos. <laughs> I, I mean, as much as you can control the little dots that you get in a sidewalk or on the side of a building or on the desk and can contain right. it there. Um, well, that's my like, you know. Uh, my meticulous side coming through because then then I go at it with like the highlights so like and then I start to kind of craft things a little bit so I can't just leave it at the foam printing like a lot of the yellow highlights are the after you know the afterward so but it's still there it had to be laid first before you could play with it uh it's there there's so much playing with light in this so much playing from light to dark and from a light illuminated, a life words illuminated. There was a lot where you were playing with light here. And I like that. I like the, I like also that so much of, of this is from behind one that you've positioned it, that we're looking over his shoulder, Mm -hmm. reminiscent of we're, we're looking beyond his life into his experience we're not looking at this face. We're looking at that experience and then imagining what our experience is like. Because for all those imagines we got up front, I don't know that I said this, but for all those imagines we got up front, it took one, two, three, four stanzas before we got, imagine what you could do. But then the real tension for me was that for the rest of the book, we just get imagine. Imagine, as you were saying that that was put in, imagine, imagine. It wasn't in his speech, but only at the very, very end do you give us that full spread with just those words, with the art mimicking the boy on the hill looking out at the moon. We get imagine what you can do. That the mimic or calling back to that first time we heard that phrase, all of this intention, Lauren. It's it's just, it it really it, it it worked as a piece of art, and I'm grateful that 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 is what's in front of our readers. That you and he both Thank you. doing this for our readers. Thank you very much. I went, you know, the first uh, school visit that I had um, was in 
DC where I was doing like a little mini tour and um, I didn't have, it was the first time I was reading it aloud to kids and uh, I didn't have the intention of it being like a kind of a group read aloud. But after the second imagine all the kids started joining in. So every time I would read the, the stanza and get to the word imagine, they would say it with me. And I thought it was like, it, it, it just was so touching to hear everybody reading it together. And it was really sweet. So, so after that first school visit, I invited the kids to do that. So like for the entire yes. tour, um, we were, <laughs> we were reading it together, which, which I thought was special. So you get this choral reading, but do you see also the, the thing you're giving to young one in that because there's a spread that says if i stood up in a school far away from where i lived and sang for the first time in front of the class imagine but in that moment one is by himself facing the class but he's mm -hmm. not because all of us or all of that audience that was with you was behind him you were right. all behind <laughs> him giving that chorus to his voice. I mean, come on. That is beautiful <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was a really great book to share with the kids. And, you know, I felt like it, it was definitely special to, this was my first book tour. And so it was special that I got to, to have this book with me on the road. So that is it was cool. great. Yeah. So with Candlewick, you know, there's, there's always this great stuff to talk about with Candlewick. Um, I was I was at a writing retreat recently, and I was telling them all about how Candlewick is special because they their their paper is is weighted differently. Mm. It's this beautiful quality paper, and mm -hmm. the, the glue they use. People like joke about um, those of us that <laughs> like to the smell smelling yeah. the Candlewick's glue, but it's there's a there's a there's a certain quality to to their books that is distinguished, right? Um, mm -hmm. But beyond that, beyond smelling the glue which i <laughs> hate to say that way <laughs> but i totally enjoyed the the i i i really value the the piece of art that candlewick um considers the the book as a format um i also know that you yeah. have a different case cover beneath that jacket and i wonder going into this how much of that was something that uh came from the art director came from a plan that way or or what of that is yours when 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 you're when you're approached about this manuscript, Lauren, how how much at least in this book particular, it might be different book to book, but how much did did you have say over over the book as as a whole format, the the dimensions, the the, the um what do you call it, the trim size, mm -hmm. that that jacket being different from the case cover, all of that, how much of that um was something that you were able to put input on? I usually, so uh, I think all but one of my books um, are, and they're with different publishing houses, but they're all uh, printed on uncoated stock. Yeah. And it's just something that I realized about my art in the beginning was that it just, it seemed to suit my art the best, um, having the, 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 the stock of paper be uncoated rather than, than uh, more of a sheen to it. So um that's something that I think this is my third book with Candlewick and we've been doing the same uncoated stock um, since the first book we did together. So I think that was sort of 
and I worked with the same designer. So I think we kind of already knew, like, (laughs) yeah, we kind of already had the same, you know, uh, feelings about, about my art. And cause we, I think early on with the first book, we did some tests to see what paper would, would maybe look best. But in generally what I'll do is, um, you know, I have a, an idea um, maybe if I have a special idea for the case cover, um, or the end papers and, and also the trim size, like I, I kind of proposed that when I send in my early sketches. Um, and okay, so it's that early. That, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and maybe in this case for imagine, um, you know, trim size I, I had proposed, uh, and you know, paper was set, but, um, the case cover didn't actually come until later, um, as I was working on the art, I was thinking about how it would be fun to, to have like a really simple, um, simple case cover with like, you know, little kind of speckly to have it be like a, a sky, basically a night yeah. sky. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I just propose, you know, at this point, I guess I, I've been, um, working with the same woman for a number of Heather, Heather McGee, who's wonderful designer there um, for a number of years. So I could just say, Hey, what do you think about this? And she, you know, most times says she, you know, it's a good idea. And Heather's <laughs> like, Heather's like that um, night sky would be awesome, Lauren. But what if we made it shiny gold foil? Right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, I did not know about the foil. Um, That's cool. You know, until later. Uh, so yeah, for sure. Um, and and sometimes too, like uh, depending on this the pr- produ- production schedule, um, you'll have to stop work on the interior art and start cover or yeah, start your your cover um, and get that finished. Uh, and that before you go back to, you know, what you were doing before your interior art, really? um, just because of a timeline, um, of when sales and, and whoever's needing it needs it. Oh, cause they need a, they need the cover to start promoting it. You mean? Yeah. And, and so I never thought yeah. that before. Okay. Yeah, so sometimes the cover has to be done earlier on. Um, and other times you can wait until the end. So it really, and I think in this case, I, I was in the middle of the art when, when they said, okay, we need to get going on, on some ideas for the cover. So I stopped work on, on the interiors and then we did some covers. I sent in some cover sketches and, and actually, um, I liked what you had to say about, you know, looking about a lot of the images looking kind of over Juan's shoulder. Um, and for my initial sketch for the cover, you saw him more from the front. Um, and it was, it was Candlewick's uh, suggestion to to have us looking looking um, from behind, and I thought that that was such a great um, suggestion of theirs to to turn the boy to to turn our viewpoint so we're we're behind him, and um, so yeah that so there is you know there's some back and forth when when you're especially with the cover there's a there can be a lot of back and forth you know I, lots of people get involved when it comes to designing the cover but um i can i guess i can understand because there's people that sort of have a sense of what would sort of you know read on a shelf Mm -hmm. but i just i don't think i've ever heard anyone say that the cover can end up being you know on the timeline something that needs to be done by the middle um that's really especially because i think like as a writer um when i write sometimes the title 
doesn't come till the end, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> or it might um, even be something that the editor decides to change. It's just so it's just interesting. But right? man, do I love that that the the night scenes that you have. I guess we can call them um the four night scenes are um one um lying down on that blanket looking at that moon the first time. Uh the conclusion of the book where we are now looking out at that moon, the cover itself and then just the case cover, the stars, that's, that's cool. That's a neat design yeah. right there. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Job well done, all of you designy people. <laughs> yeah, Heather McGee's great. She's, we worked together first on Happy Like Soccer. Um, okay. That was my first book with Candlewick. And then um, then Yard Sale and, and now Imagine. So She's been with you since the beginning. How about Yeah, that? Yep. it's been, you know, it, it's not often that I, get to work with the, the same designer on so many projects. So, so it's been, it's been really nice. Cause you know, she understands when I send her scribble that hardly resembles anything. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I can kind of get away with that in the beginning. And so it's good. It, it's nice when, when I get to work with the same person. You know, I, I have to say before I'm watching our time, we're like running out of time, but I okay. wanted to make sure that I mentioned that I really, I read your, I read Imagine around the same time as reading um, Juji Morales's new book, mm. right? And, Dreamers, yeah. And Dreamers. And I, what struck me is that I, I really also loved the way that your dedication pulls into this whole story. That your dedication, can I, do you mind that I read it? I'm sure you have it memorized. Oh, no, sure. It just says, for Alana. And for all dreamers. And I, just to know that that was something, you know, to know some, that that was something on your mind. Um, oh, yeah. Because Absolutely. it's not something spoken outright in the text, but it's it's sort of there, carried, carried there all along. Um, I just thought that was nice. And I thought, you know, so often I think, it seems in my mind that I notice the dedications being in the beginning of the book. At least from my memory, that's where they I seem to notice mm-hmm. them more often. Yeah, For this to be on that last page turn, I think for me really caused me to to pay attention to it, and maybe that's why it's mm. it stuck with me. I'm not I'm not sure. I just it struck me that that it was there. It was sort of a final note to remember that um, Juan has this list of of these names that I have to guess hold great importance to him. Right. Um, yeah. and then, and also the line in, and in memory of my sister, Sarah Chavez, mm. but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Lauren, front to back. <laughs> I think it's, it's so pretty and it has really left me in a, in a place where I feel, I feel so good that our readers are being seen. They're being seen by poets, by authors and by illustrators and by publishers and by people they're being seen in that as a, as a, as a teacher who works really hard to make sure the kids are seen, you know, it, it, it means a lot to know that we're all, we're all there working hard for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, thank you for coming. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for, for all this. No, thank you for having me. 
Yeah. So nice to be back. Uh, let's <laughs> I not feel wait. Like we let's not wait four years. <laughs> I know. I don't think I've even, I, I don't know that we've even crossed paths in those four no. years. Of course, I've been like, you know, living in all different states too. So well, kind of hard. Media crosses our paths. That's true. And that's okay. <laughs> and and true. the road will cross our paths inevitably in the future. I'm sure of it. Um, but before we go, why don't, why don't we settle right there with our readers, if you don't mind, uh, as I ask you this closing question. Uh, Lauren, I'll see, as you know, a library full of children tomorrow morning. Uh, is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yes, certainly. Um, you know, whenever I, I visit schools and talk with kids, um, I love to tell them how important it is uh, for me to carry a sketchbook or a travel journal uh, with me wherever I go. Um, and I think for them, I would just challenge them if they don't already to to find a notebook or, you know, a journal or a sketchbook or even make one, uh, staple some papers together and bring that with you wherever you travel because you never know when you might be inspired. This is Darshna Kiani, children's author and book blogger. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.flowering-minds.com forward slash South Asian Kidlet. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out with the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and keeping the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Sarah, Kate, Lisa, Darshna, Marianne, Jarrett, Anitra, Mike, Lynn, Link, Karina, Cynthia, Elaine, Doug, Judy, Amanda, Ruth, Lara, Teresa, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to come with us, too. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.